friends, it's me, James. Once again, I'd like to thank you for joining us for another episode of The Legacy. I hope you've been enjoying our studies, and uh, if you have, or if you're new to us either way, I would invite you to please click the subscribe button uh, on your screen or on the website for the podcast, wherever format you may be watching it, and please keep following us and help help us to get, get to our new episodes to you as soon as they come out. Okay, today we're going to see Jesus' glory in a way that we haven't yet. And it was new to the people who were around him too back then. Jesus performed his first miracle of all places at a wedding. It's important to clear up a common misconception about Jesus. Jesus did not live as a hermit. He interacted with people. He uh, attended social gatherings. I want, want to give you a real revelation. Brace yourself. You ready for this? Jesus had fun. We have this religious image of a um, dour, gloomy Jesus, and it, that overshadows the fact that he was a real person living a real life. Okay, Jesus had been invited to a uh, wedding in a village known as Cana, which means reedy or place of reeds. It was only about 10 miles from his hometown of Nazareth. Jesus' mother went with him, as, as, along with at least some of the men who had become his disciples, who he just met prior to this event. I'm planning to explore that in another episode. If you've ever been to a Jewish wedding, you know they can be pretty lively events. But at the same time, it wasn't all about the party. Uh, marriage was seen as having a sacramental quality to it, and so the, the ceremony in many aspects was very somber and reverent. Sometimes people spent time in deep prayer and fasting leading up to it. But things hit a serious snag when the uh, wine supply runs out during the festivities. A Jewish wedding back then could last for several days, and to end up, to run short of refreshments for your guest was seen as the highest form of insult. In some cases, it could even result in a lawsuit. So Mary comes and tells Jesus about the problem, and at first it seems a little hesitant. Dear woman, that's not a problem. But how many of you know that sometimes mom has a way to get results that your typical person doesn't? People needed wine, and they needed it now. Now, if you've ever inter interacted with a person who has an alcohol problem, you've probably noticed this particular passage is a part of the Bible they know pretty well, along with a little wine for the stomach's sake. Alcohol is obviously a very sensitive subject in the world and even within the church. And so I'll take a little aside here to discuss this. First of all, the lands of the Bible were lands of vineyards, and wine and other great products were a key part of their economy. There's also the fact that fresh drinking water could be very difficult to come by at times. So they had a solution, they had a very practical way of dealing with this. They would dilute the wine down with water. That served two purposes. For one thing, the wine would act as an astringent to purify the water, and also the uh, water would dilute the wine down to keep it from being able to make you drunk. Uh, the ratio was around six parts water to one part wine. So in drinking that, your bladder would be uh, would intervene before you got a buzz from it. But getting back to the passage, Mary tells the servants to do whatever Jesus tells them to do, and that's the greatest advice anyone could ever give. Do what the master says to do. True faith is obedient faith. Standing nearby, there were a number of large jars, which could hold up to 20 to 30 gallons each. Jesus told the attendants to fill them with water. Of course, a couple of important observations here. First, notice that before God blesses, he generally requires a corresponding action on our part. So, again, true faith is obedient faith. Also, notice that he says to fill them all the way. When Jesus tells you to do something, do it all the way. Don't just do it halfway. So they followed Jesus' instructions, and after they tasted the wine, they observed that although it was customary to start off with the very good quality wine and bring out the cheaper stuff later, what Jesus made at this point in the wedding was better than any of it. Jesus' first miracle was one of pure luxury, providing a want, not just a need. 
he didn't just provide wine. He provided wine of the highest quality. This, uh, now this miraculous sign was the first time Jesus had ever revealed his glory in this way. Again, he wasn't able to do miracles until he had been baptized and anointed by the Holy Spirit. And we start to see this take on this form at this point in his, in his life. Miracles are designed for three main purposes, to glorify God, to help people, and to build faith. And all three of these things were accomplished right here and in every other miracle Jesus ever did as well. Well, thank you again for joining us. Again, if you haven't already, please like and share and tell your friends about us. And please be sure to join us next week when we talk about another uh, common misconception about Jesus. We talk about a time when Jesus got angry. So in the meantime, thank you, thank you again for joining us. And as always, keep it real like Jesus did.